Yeah. So. All right. Good. Well, you have too many names <laughs> coming up. So this one is Ezekiel. So yeah, that's my my name, Ezekiel Allen Cheney. I just go by Allen Cheney. Oh, okay. The other name that Christina, that's one of my clients. So that was really weird. That's one of your what? That was one of my old clients. I don't oh. know. How okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was wondering, I was like, did someone, I don't even know when I'm meeting with this person on. Well, I guess I need to call and see if I gave a link out I didn't know about. So Yeah, it was, <laughs> but I don't know how her name, maybe it auto-populated or something from like an autofill or something. Yeah. Okay, so um, we are going to do your first chapter today. Okay. Um, so how it works is I just ask you some questions and you just talk like we're having a conversation. So... Um, so I'm interested in the, when was the first time you knew, and I don't even know if this is your, your, was doing the, uh, assisted living or home care business, your dream job, or was that just something you knew, um, at the moment that you started? Um, well, it all started, I started, I learned about the home care industry, the senior care industry through my, um, ex-wife. Jail, who I dedicated the book to at the very, you remember on the first, right? Um, yeah, so she introduced me to the uh industry. Okay, we had and got then, together, and then she was working as a caregiver, and I was just you know go doing odd end jobs and stuff, odd, you know, yeah, no real career, nothing like that. Just and then you know, eventually, um, she was getting a she just was really good at what she did, she got a lot of praise, mm-hmm. and um. And it came to a point where it was like, you know, let's let's see if we could go out on our own and start doing this ourselves, you know. And um, right. I had some, you know, some business experience because I had did some work with my a partner of mine mm-hmm. with a tree service. And it kind of taught me some stuff about marketing, how to generate leads and stuff like that. And then also I was doing some flipping some houses. And uh, that was another uh, place or another uh, uh, industry that I learned how to market. So marketing has always been my um, my strength, and that's always been able to you know drive traffic to the to the business, mm-hmm. and um, obviously get us get us clients and you know uh, allow us to actually have you know a profitable company eventually. So it was always the marketing um, mm-hmm. that uh, that got me got us there. But my my initial introduction into the home care industry through her clients really loved her. Um, she was a great caregiver and uh, a client actually bought her out because um, from an agency because they loved her so much. And they just wanted to, they, you know, different agencies, they send, agencies send whoever's available. And sometimes right. if she wasn't available, they'll send other caregivers and they weren't, you know, they didn't want other caregivers. So they wanted her exclusively, this particular family, and they ended up buying her out. And um, at that point, we knew that it was like, it's some real value here. If people are willing to pay ten, fifteen thousand just for you to take care of their parents, um, right. to an agency, so that was like a big thing that uh, had happened. So it kind of, you know, kind of um, woke us up to the to the idea of, you know, this this might be some real potential here. <clears throat> okay, good. I want to dig a little deeper into what your uh, passion or gifts is, because I think that that is helpful to 
like when I read your story and was writing your outline, um, you know, I know you saying the marketing was a piece that um, helped, like that was your contribution and your strength towards the business. But I'm wondering like early on, even before that started, if I could pull something out of you to, for that first chapter to kind of relate, cause we have to tie all this together. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that is really everybody's story. You know, like we all have this piece that eventually rounds back to what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so for you, I, I want to know, just tell me a little bit about who you were as a child. Um, very, very complicated, uh, um, upbringing, you know, a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol, parents, both addiction, you know, addicts, um, Mm -hmm. introduced to the, to the, the, the drugs very early, not, you know, just through my parents use, you know, and them being users, heavy users, I was always around drug dealers. So those were like my first mentors actually. And, um, they taught me about business um, I started hustling about 12, 13. Um, and I really learned how to, you know, manage money, <laughs> understand, mm-hmm. like, inventory, supply, uh, logistics, like, routes, you know, and then all kind of other stuff that comes with it, like criminal stuff, like, you know, avoiding police. Um, so it was, like, real strategic information that I learned early on, and now that you talk about it, I never even thought about it, but there was a lot of stuff that I was learning early um, just because mm-hmm. I was involved in the drug trade. Um, right. But at the very beginning, I'm not going to act like I just even, I just went straight into it with like some gusto. I used to hate these guys because I knew mm-hmm. when I was like really young, like eight, nine, mm-hmm. you know, early as I can understand, I knew they were bringing harm to my family. I seen it. I understood mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and I really had this disdain. I really just hated them. Um, and these were like guys in my neighborhood. But I eventually, you know, they eventually became um, like the only people that I had to, you know, really, I don't know, I didn't have to. And I don't want to mm-hmm. say pretend like there wasn't other options. I was in school. I was in a great school. I was in a great community. But mm-hmm. I had just chosen that route. Um, I had a grandmother who was um, a scientist for the Department of Agriculture. My grandfather, he worked at Howard University. He he, he like he was a uh, a very um important figure in their whole computer systems um mm-hmm. set up early on. He had created some kind of software program where though he could see if kids were cheating and stuff like that. So this was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So he was very mm-hmm. smart. My grandmother was very smart, very well educated. So I'm not I don't I never try to play it down like I was I grew up in this, you know. Um, horrible upbringing because I did, you know, I lived in the suburbs of Washington D.C. Um, but mm-hmm. the guys that I levitated, you know, gravitated towards were just, you know, once you know I was kind of introduced to that world, it was just those guys, and um, that's kind of like my early upbringing. So when you tie it into like business, I always mm-hmm. had like uh, interesting money. Always thought money was like, you know. Some kind of, you know, if I felt like if I had money, I had options. I could do things. I could mm-hmm. help my mother. I could pay bills. Um, mm-hmm. I used to buy like furniture, uh, mm-hmm. keep the food, food, the house stock with good, you know, food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. my mom worked, but you know, 
with a with a with a heroin and a crack addiction, it, it was sporadic, obviously. So right. And then my dad, he wasn't around. He was out of state. He lived in Ohio, so he wasn't around. But he visited often, and we stayed with him on the summertime, in the summers. And um, even in Ohio, I had you know that side of the family as well were very deep into addiction. And then my my younger cousins who were in similar situations, whose parents were also using, like my close cousins, my first cousins, for uh, in particular my one cousin, his name is Marquay. Mm-hmm. He uh, he actually gave me my first package in Ohio, mm-hmm. like my first package of drugs, or showed mm-hmm. it to me. And then uh, that was the first time I think crack cocaine. And um, I was about 12 or 11. He had got it from his mom's boyfriend mm-hmm. or something weird like wow. that. Some crazy, you know? Yeah. And this was the type of stuff we were dealing with. And, right. um, but I guess to, to look for like what I gained from it and like the positive outcome was that I really learned a lot about business. I really became. Um, very serious. And one thing that the, that the older guys used to say were like, man, you're, you take this stuff a lot more serious than guys your age. Um, I used to save mm-hmm. my money. I, I would, mm-hmm. I was real, um, it's real anal about saving. Um, always, uh, wanted to have money, never wanted to be broke. If we couldn't find drugs and what, what we used to call a drought, like, mm-hmm. you know, droughts would happen and you wouldn't be able to find drugs in the, in the whole city. You would have to go out of state and things like that. Mm-hmm. I would uh I would always have money to you know prepare myself because I was safe. And um other guys they noticed that and this is like at 15, 14, 16. Wow. And because I went to wow. prison, it's like I lived a whole life before I was 18, because when I I went to prison at 18. Yeah, and, that's um, pretty young, yeah. No, 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 no. I had my 18th birthday in prison. Uh, so oh. I went, yeah, I had went like a couple months before my birthday. And um so a lot happened between like 13 years old and 17, but um, so and you like, had some experience like with, with juvie too, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was in and out of juvenile detention centers, um, group homes. Uh, we were I was placed in group homes because when I did get released from juvenile detention, my mother may have been in the rehab or in prison. My mother did time. Um, uh, yeah. boot camp. I did some boot camp some time in boot camp, like juvenile boot camps with like the military up in Cumberland, Maryland, like in the mountains. We did, I did time mm-hmm. there. So like six months here, eight months there. So I very seldom um, stayed on the street for over like a, a six, seven months period straight because I was always in and out of um, juvenile detention centers and then eventually prison. And one thing mm-hmm. that I did notice about this and what, what happened and, and even affects me now is that I had very little friends from my past because either we grew apart because I was just so distant in my lifestyle mm-hmm. or um, they were in the lifestyle as well. And they just didn't make it out, you know? So like two right. of my folks passed. Um, my, one of my best friends is doing 70 years in, in, in San Quentin. Um, and it's just like that, things like that. So I've, I've, you know, I had very little friends from childhood because of that. And then I hung out with a lot of older guys um, so that was a, a kind of an issue when I first came home, but I did, you know, you know, find eventually in doing positive things and business and stuff like that, made new friends and stuff like that, but just very right. few from my Right, <laughs> right. So that's, um, 
that really is kind of that piece I was trying to pull out. You, so these these drug dealers, they were your mm-hmm. teachers. They yeah. were basically your um, your mentors and how it works. But I'm wondering about that relationship because you didn't you hated them, but yet yeah. you you they taught you. You know, it was like this. Well, what? Tell me about that choice, that moment in oh. choice that you had to make about. Like, what was that feeling um, with that love-hate relationship? So, um, it could have been the same summer when I came back from my, my from dealing with my cousin, mm-hmm. but my mother had found out that I was, you know, trying to get involved. Like, because she was getting high, she knew all the other, you know, drug addicts in the neighborhood, so she knew... You know that oh your son is out here. You know he's selling. You know I was just getting started, mm-hmm. you know, little, um, little crack rocks and stuff like that. So she was like, uh, okay. Um, she pulled me to the side because we, my mother was like real straightforward with all that stuff. So we, it wasn't mm-hmm. ever like a whole bunch of games. We all, we you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like nobody was hiding or pretending. I knew right. what type of style she chose. Um, my sister had left. That was a, that's another major point that I really felt alone when my sister left. Um, mm-hmm. She had moved. Um, she had went to um, Job Corps, but then when she got back, she had moved out. Like she didn't have, She never came back. She like left at fifteen. We were three years apart, and mm-hmm. she at fifteen she had left. I don't want to oh. get from what I was saying, right? But uh, my mom had pulled me aside and said, look, if you're going to do this, I want you to be be with the right people. I want you to be with the people who are smart and the people that I trust and that I feel like they're going to, you know, protect you and make sure you're doing the right thing. So in essence, my mother uh, was the one who, like, you know, forged the relationship in the beginning with the the guys, with a particular guy who she felt, you know, he was was like from the city. He was like a D.C. guy. Who was mm-hmm. his whole family was like in that world. He just had like two, three generations of like, you know, street, you know, uh gangsterism, you know, right. Uh, you know, they, they they were just known for that stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so it was always like, so she felt comfortable, like if you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it with the right people. You're not gonna be with the wrong people. And because mm-hmm. I don't want you to, you know, I, I don't know what she was doing, but in her mind, in my mind at two at that age, I felt like, okay. You know, my mom is, you know, looking out for me, and I'm gonna go follow my mom's judgment. And then from that point right. on, these are the people I was getting my um, drugs from, my guidance from, my my, mm-hmm. you know, my my guns, and you know who I would, you know, when it's time to get more, when I time, you know, re up, get more drugs. Mm-hmm. These are who I was dealing. With. I didn't, you know, deal with competition or you know, there's other people in the community who were doing it, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, that was kind of like how that relationship was formed. And then once that happened, you know, the guy had took me to, I'd never forget, we had, he had took me to the movies. Um, we went out to the Benny Hanna's downtown Georgetown, which is like a, a uppity area in DC. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, George, and and he just kind of schooled me. And, I, and, I, and it just started from there. And ever since then, you know, from that point until prison, you know, all kind of things happened with the drugs. And uh, I was uh, stabbed up real bad. He had got, you know, shot up real bad, and it was a lot of violence involved. It, mm-hmm. it got real crazy. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of my friends got, you know, you know, we used to, you know, turf wars and like gang stuff and different. Mm-hmm. You know, when kids get guns, obviously you see, you know, what the outcomes. 
because right. and we, we did not, we didn't have, we had our share of those, you know, activities. So, right. um, so yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So if you had to pick out, so let me first get clarity on. So you started out living in Ohio or you were just visiting Ohio when you met up with this guy that first so showed was, you the drugs? I was born in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I never, I don't I never remember living there. We moved to Maryland mm-hmm. with my grandmother in like 80. I was born in 80, so we probably moved there in 80, 81. And I'd always mm-hmm. lived in Maryland, D.C. Okay. But I never lived in Ohio. But okay. my dad was there, so I would visit for for the summers. And okay. my family was there, but we just they had just moved. You know, my mom had followed my grandmother because she had got a job with the government and stuff like that. Oh, okay. All right, cool. So if and I, I was if, from Maryland and DC. So all this was going on in DC, Maryland area. Okay. Which our border, it's like when you, Maryland and D.C. is like, uh, you could cross the street and be in either or, so you kind of hear me say both, because it's like right next to each other. Like, you can cross the street and be in D.C. Oh, so like, okay. Yeah, they they are pretty close. I've been over that way. Yeah. 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 If you had to pull out three things from mm-hmm. your from your mind bank about what what it taught you, like, what what was the attraction, basically, to, and you said you liked, you always was interested in money and making money and what money could do and all this. So if you had to pull out three things that attracted you or convinced you and you felt comfortable with, naturally, to go that route, not not the business of, you know, um, the violence and stuff, because I don't think that, that's just probably part of the consequence of it all. But I'm trying to pull out the from you innate, like what was in you. Do you um, can you come up with three things that you feel? Yeah, threw um, you in. It was definitely the. It was a couple of different things. So definitely the freedom, and like the lifestyle. It seemed like so rebellious and free like you could basically do anything you know what i mean i don't know how to word it but you, yeah you just, that's good it's a, it's a freedom and um that you experience as a quote-unquote drug dealer slash maybe even outlaw whereas like you can basically do what you want to do and um that was i think that with with like my with my upbringing it kind of, it, it was consistent with how i felt and then, like, when you say the violence is kind of a byproduct, the byproduct of it was I was angry. And I didn't have mm. a problem with the violence because I felt like I can, you know, um, I can uh, express my anger, you know, in, 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 this, in this environment, in this world. So not, not that I want to glorify it, but I was kind of excited mm-hmm. about that the ability to express my emotions in that way. Um, I don't know if that's like a, a self-help style uh, help. You know? <laughs> no, it's it's actually really good because it it is an out. It's a um, it's an uh, it's an out. So it, yeah. you needed that outward expression of what you were going through. So you needed somewhere to to do to, use that, express that. Focus, yeah, focus it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it was. More than anything, it was just me focusing that that anger and that 
you know, that neglect that I felt from, you know, being abandoned by my parents and, and also my mm -hmm. sister and my grandparents. Just, I felt like they just gave up on me. Because <clears throat> I always, and this is like a side note. Uh, let me give you three. So I felt, I felt kind of liberated in the lifestyle. Um, I've always been attracted to like independent um, and I always felt I had business acumen and, and like um, the uh, the strategic and shrewdness of, you know, doing business well. That was like always something that I felt like I was complimented about. Like people would be like, man, you don't ever take no, you don't, you don't, you don't never um, give nobody no second chances. So if you owe me money, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't giving you no breaks. Things like that. Mm -hmm. um, things like that. Um, and, no, you're and, doing and, good. And having like a, a good product. That was always like something that I believed in. Having like a great product and um, being, 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 having the best product in the community, in the, in the city or whatever. You know, that was always something that I believed in and, and I always tried to maintain uh, even at an early age and and being real, you know, serious about it. I always been serious. I never, even now, um, I, I'm, I just don't play with, you know, uh, business. I take it very serious. Some people say that I take it too serious. I don't enjoy life, things like that. But I'm enjoying life in my way. Like that, that's where I find pleasure. When I'm engaging in the, the what I consider like the art of business. You know, that's pleasurable for me. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know if that's three or a few different ideas. No, that's play. actually a few. That's a more than I asked for. So that's good. I like those different points because what it says is it talks to who you are now. Yeah. So it, it, it does. Um, that's what I was trying to draw out. So you did well with that um, because that's what you, you bring to the plate now. And that's what you've always been trying to work towards even with all this other stuff that has been happening to you or you've been engaged in, um, those are just, like you said, ways to express yourself. And, you know, it's kind of like you have, um, like we have this, um, we have things that we do that are sustainable mm -hmm. and then we have things that are not, you know, like part of us, who we are is, it may have some elements that people that are not as favorable as other parts of us. So the, the task is to always try to make those sustainable, acceptable, you know. And so when you um, talk about this anger you had and how you needed that outlet of expression for that anger. So this was, was, it was just likely that you just do this stuff because it was right there in front of you. You know, and these people were mentoring you through the process. So why not, you know? <laughs> um, but at the same time, you still had that drive to want to do it. So even in that wrong you were doing, you were doing it well because of yeah. the other part of you <laughs> coming into play. So anyways, that's interesting um, um, because we all have that. You know, we all are trying to reach for the best of us with those situations. So yeah, um, exactly. So that's good for that. Um, let me ask you, um, so I understand the part about um, your mom, you said your mom and your dad were both um, abusing drugs and using drugs and that was just part of the childhood. 
from what age do you remember this starting? Like when you first knew, oh, they're doing drugs. Um, as soon as I can understand it, like I start. It was first. First, you notice the alcohol, obviously, because you can smell it. You see the bottles everywhere, and um, so I always knew it was alcohol in my home. Um, eventually, well, I I mean I used to see like dope bags because it was heroin, so they would have like bags, and my dad had his little pouch. His little, they call it his works. They call it works. Your works. He had his works, which was his, mm -hmm. his little kit of uh his needle. His all his stuff was heroin, and um, mm -hmm. my mother used to uh, she used to snort it, and mm -hmm. they just kind of looked down on him as a uh, for like the 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 the, the 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 drug users who snorted it looked down on the guys who were uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so she would be talking bad about him, but it's like they were doing the same thing. But yeah, uh, so I would see the stuff like this, so I would see like the tracks on his arms, um. Catch him in the bathroom doing it. If I walk in there on accident or something, he'd jump. And then mm -hmm. I start seeing dope bags around the house. And then uh, you know, you just see the people in the house, like the, the other drug users. It's, I mean, it's it's on. I mean, as soon as you're able to understand the basics of reality, you under you start to see it. So it's like right. it's from from birth. I mean, from from the earliest I can understand anything, I knew that they were getting high. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, it's Do never you know. That I didn't see my parents getting high. It's like I knew that's from day one. Is that that was the whole reality? Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. Do you know what caused them to to be in that position? Um. Have you ever I, got a I, glimpse I, of that, like from grandma or any other family members? My mom, my grandmother, my mom had a real uh, bad relationship with my grandfather, and um, she left early she left home i think he put her out at like 14 and she was on the streets so she was prostituting um all that way from childhood so she was mm -hmm. like screwed from a long from early right and, uh, how she got with my dad whatever because mm -hmm. my family was from ohio but my like i said my grandmother then moved to maryland dc at the beginning and eventually bought a house mm -hmm. in maryland and um my mom went back to Ohio, to the family in Ohio. And that's how she kind of ended up in drugs um, and stuff like that. And uh, running the streets at a very young age. My dad's story, mm -hmm. he, he was from the deep south, uh, like super poor. <laughs> like he used to tell me like the houses, they had dirt floors and stuff like that. Like deep south Mississippi, like deep, deep. Um, you know, very little education. My grandmother didn't have no education. They were deep in the church. Uh, my great-grandfather, my dad's dad was a fisherman and a hunter. Um, like, mm -hmm. professionally, my dad was also, like, a great hunter and fisher. He actually taught me how to hunt and fish very early, you know. Um, so, I don't, and I'm going to make sure we, 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 we plug into some of the positive things that my parents did. I just don't want oh, yeah. you know, to terrible light on them. But, right. Um, but I don't really know what turned my dad. So what my grandmother said, when my dad came, so my grandmother said when they came up north, when I brought them boys mm -hmm. up north, they were crazy. So like, mm -hmm. it was a whole set of my, my, like my uncles, like my dad, his brothers, and um, him, 
they, my grandmother said she should have never brought them to Maryland. I mean, to, to mm -hmm. Ohio from Alabama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was Alabama, not Mississippi. Alabama. She should have left them in Alabama because when they came up north, obviously they were exposed to heroin and things like that. And being like green, I guess, not mm -hmm. really in it and really understanding it. They just mm -hmm. kind of levitated towards it out of some type of excitement or whatever. You know, just yeah. kind of trying to think about what some of the things my grandmother used to say, like, I should have never brought that nigga to, you mm -hmm. know, you know, now yeah. you are. And then I had a brother, I had an uh, uncle named Zeke, who I'm named after. I'm actually named after my grandfather, but I had a, and who he was named after um, was named Zeke, and he got killed um, mm -hmm. very young. And they were like, well, we should have never named him Zeke because we already knew how crazy Zeke was. So my dad had a, a brother that I was named after, after his mm -hmm. grandfather and him. And um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I wow. feel like that's kind of like, how they got involved. <clears throat> you know, that's my best understanding. Yeah. What was the, um, so as you, and I, and I think you're right, we're going to balance it out. So everything won't be exposed, but it'll be exposed to the extent where people can be familiar with where you came from and what was that's going on. So um, I may not put all the little details in, but I just want to give, get the picture in my head as I'm writing it of how to write that. Um, to write it up the um, as you were growing older and you started you know you were attending school and all that kind of things and I, I know I read where you were um, you know in and out of school then at one point you stopped going um, tell me about is was there any positive influences within that system the school system that reached out to you or that helped uh -oh. you or gave you a glimpse of hope at any moment in time? It was, um, it was two teachers that I remember. Um, and she was my teacher, my sister's teacher as well. Cause my sister went there, you know, we went to the same school. She was three years before me ahead mm -hmm. of me, but the teacher had took a liking to my sister and she knew my situation. So when I got there, she kind of like, um, took me in as well. Her name was Miss Poodles. And um Miss Poodle? Poodle. So it was Miss it was more Miss Shannon than Miss Toodle. But they both really cared about me. And they I, and they knew my family situation. They was black. And they kind of mm -hmm. understood what was going on in the in the neighborhood, opposed mm -hmm. to the white teachers. Because we were still in the suburban, you know, uh mostly white at that time. It's it's been, it's way more diverse diverse now. Mm -hmm. But it was um it was white, but it was it was pretty 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 good. It was not, I, I never experienced any type of racism or anything like that. So yeah. it was nice balance. And um, the black folks there were always squared away. It wasn't like, I never felt like, you know, anybody looked down on us or anything like that. But uh, Miss Miss Shannon, she would come to the house. She would check on me. And it was real crazy to have your teacher. It was like, mm -hmm. you know, it's like insane to see your teacher outside of class, right? So yeah. when she would pop up at my house, you know, just to see how I'm doing, you know, and I think she was just trying to read, just trying to get a glimpse of like what's going on in the household. And right. I never felt like she was out to get us or trying to put my mom in any type of situation to like, you know what I mean? Um, get us mm -hmm. state or anything like that. She just had care and she would just talk to me, talk to my sister, and it just was a really good feeling. But she's the right. only one um that I can actually remember, uh, to that just really took a like just, just really cared. Um and it, it's kind of, kind of 
disheartening because she's not the only one. I, if I sit here and think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, there's everybody, some, yeah. Everybody was going through it. You know what I mean? It wasn't just us. You know what I mean? So everybody was experiencing all kind of craziness with that drug. So, you know, it wasn't just us. Yeah. Did, did you remember issues. anything she might have said? Like, in particular or just you just remember can you is the feeling was just good yeah i can't remember anything you know it was so you know maybe third second third grade but mm -hmm. uh yeah it was it was um it was just a good feeling to have someone caring somebody who could who you could remember you know 30 years later you know so mm -hmm. good Oops. My grandfather was a was the was definitely a major. He he died and really he died when I was like nine, but he but he was a big. That was a major. I feel like if he would have lived, I wouldn't have been in the situation I was in. My dad, I mean my sister, my mm -hmm. mom would have got herself together because he was really he was the one. He was the person that she called when it was a problem. When it, he made sure we had Christmas, he made sure we had food. Um, he was a very um, important part of our family structure. And when he died, it kind of like fell apart. Mm. And he died from cancer, lung cancer. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. He used to take me hunting. Um, we own land in Pennsylvania, so we used to go to his land and camp out. Like, he had bought land just to hunt in PA, uh, like all kinds oh. of crazy <laughs> boats and stuff. Like he was just yeah. a phenomenal person, and um, yeah. he to go go. He used to take me to the barber shop every every weekend. You know, to sort of. I used to do things like that with him. Mm -hmm. And this is like before the drugs. I mean, before I was involved with stuff like that. Oh, okay. And yeah. he died before you got involved with any of that. Yeah. Like nine. Okay. okay. Yeah. And do you feel like that if he if he was alive, you wouldn't have never I, made that choice? I just don't. I think he was so he was so powerful of like a he was he was scary. So it was like I wouldn't even I'd have been scared to do it. I'd have been ashamed and like scared of him of his of like disappointing him and or mm -hmm. even him. You know what I mean? If he found yeah. out, like he was that yeah. kind of, he was just like a real um, strong figure, powerful figure in our family. He distributed all the whoopings. You know what I mean? Like he would come up to the school. So it's like, if I see him, if I, like, like, oh, your grandfather on his way, I would start crying. So like, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I knew what it yeah. was. You know what I mean? But in that, he made, you know, he was really big on education. He was really big on, you know, um, hard work and never into no crime and nothing like that. But I didn't know, yeah. and I recently learned, and I wish my grandmother would have told me sooner, mm -hmm. uh, that he was a card shark and he got kicked out of Las Vegas. He got banned. He was out, he was on blacklisted in Vegas because he he was a numbers person. So he was real good with numbers, and he was a card shark. So he could, mm. in blackjack, he was counting cars in Vegas in a different casino, and he got bought yeah. his, or his 
him and his brother or his cousin, I think it was his cousin, um, got barred from Vegas because they used to do it. And he used to run a lot of poker games out of my grandmother's house, you know, in D.C. And uh, she never yeah. told me. I just learned this, like, <laughs> this year. You know what I mean? Like, me uh -huh. and my grandmother started talking, like, consistently after my sister passed. Like, me and my grandmother never spoke, really, for years until, you know, we used to kind of talk um, via my sister. So I'll say, hey, how's mm -hmm. grandma doing? You know, tell her I love her, things like that. We just never had a real good relationship because she just hated right. who I was. With yeah. the street, you know what I mean? She just felt like it was just a total disappointment. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's interesting. So he was good with numbers. Do you feel yeah, like yeah, you, you inherited something from oh, that? God. And it's like she, <laughs> she didn't know what that did for me when she told me that. Like, I just was in awe for like days. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was on, I think it was Thanksgiving. I went over her house for Thanksgiving and she told me this past Thanksgiving. So wow. uh, I just learned. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I was really amazed about it. And it was just like, you know, it was just so intriguing to hear that. You know, wow. even though it was crime and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, he was that good. She's like, yeah, he was that good. Like the feds, you know, they barred him. The federal government, you know, you know, when he was younger, it didn't affect mm -hmm. who he, his job at the at Howard. But because he right. eventually went to stuff like that and got a degree mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. But he. um. Yeah, he was just really, he was just really, just a really smart guy. My grandmother said she thought he was a genius. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And what was his relationship like with your father? They loved each other. They, my grand, because they grew up because, okay, so like the families was real close in Ohio. Mm -hmm. His family, my dad's family, and my, grandf and my grandfather's family were real close. Like two two brothers married two sisters. It's weird. So it almost looked mm -hmm. like we like it's incest. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because after yeah. these brothers and two two sisters start having kids and their kids are it's they're so close. It looked like we were related. So I had like what they call double cousins. So um, but my dad and my grandfather had a great relationship. It was, it was, it was because my dad was a fisherman and my dad, my grandfather was a fisherman. My dad was. You know, he's going fishing trips with my um, with my grandfather. You know, like mm -hmm. boating and stuff like that, and yeah. um, hunting and stuff like that. But uh, it wasn't. It was my stepfather, who was abusive to my mom, that my grandfather hated. And he was like this. That that's that guy John. He was a firefighter in D.C., but he had a very bad drug habit, and he was uh, he used to sell a lot of heroin. And um, that's that's when I like really seen like the. Like my grandfather used to come to the house with guns and, you know, because he used to hit my mom. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So the grandfather is the one where your mom left home early from. They yeah. didn't have a good relationship. Okay. Yeah. Then the stepfather was the one, but not your actual biological father. Uh -huh. um, okay. So he's the one that had the good relationship with your grandfather. Yeah. And my grandmother. He, they loved yeah. him. Because yeah. he was just, my dad wasn't a, he wasn't like, he, he wasn't like, um, he did what he had to do in the streets as a, as a, you know, being in the drug world, but he was just a good guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Everybody, it was never like, but he was just, he was just a, you know, like a petty thief, um, just doing stuff to get high. And yeah. then he stopped doing all the crime and he just to work. 
you know, he used to do odd jobs and, mm-hmm. you know, paint, mow grass, things like that. He used to do a lot of work for my grandmother and they used to pay him and that's how he used to support his drug habit. So he eventually stopped doing criminal things to support his habits and he just started doing work to support his habits. So, right. But he was this is- somebody that his personality and his, um, His character was always pure. Like he was always just a good person. You know, church. He all he believed in God. He always put push. He always, you know, said, you know, have a good relationship with God no matter what. Yeah. So. Okay. Good. Let's see. Trying to make sure I get everything I need. So there's the. Let's go back to, and I think I have enough for how the streets were teaching you, because I think that um, that introduces that part pretty good. And then I want to see, like, in the meantime, when you were at school, so when mm-hmm. all this when all this was happening, like when you were part of the school, like going to school or not going to school, um, where was the I know. I, I mean, I know there was no structure probably like in place if you're in and out of the juvenile system, like you keep going in, but you were living at home with your mom at the time, right? Um, I, I or, think I, I was, once I started going to juvenile, so school, I, I made it through elementary. I got into uh, middle school, still living with my mom and like middle school was, and I got, I got put into a, a I got kicked out of the public school system and they put you in like these transitional, like these, these, these bad schools. I don't know what they used to call them, but like I went yeah. to, to like the alternative school. So in like eighth grade, I think I got kicked out of regular school. Cause I mean, we were just fighting. Um, I, you know, the guy, like my partners, I had, it was two partners, Brooke and Ace. Ace had stopped going. His mother was an alcoholic. She didn't make him go to school or nothing like that. Brooke got caught with a knife, so he got expelled, so he could never go back to public school. And I was fighting and stuff like that. So we were all kicked out of school, so we just all stopped going anyway. And uh, uh-huh. so we just was in around the neighborhood, you know, getting, you know, smoking weed and selling drugs. And, uh, and where were you staying? Um, I was with my mom, but yeah, I was with my mom up until I got my first, I got a place. I, I moved out, I moved into one of, with my older guy, with an older guy, with one of the older guys I was, it was kind of mentoring me. Mm-hmm. He had a, a a little efficiency that he just was to use. He wasn't living in it, he just had it. I don't, he used yeah. to use stash and stuff like that. Bring girls, because the other girl didn't know he had it. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I was staying yeah. there 13, 14, um, off and on, um, because my mom, I was on probation. I had warrants, so I didn't. I couldn't really go to my mom's house at that point. But so every time they would catch me, I would like you like you see, I would go straight to detention center. They would only put me in detention center because I was violating probation. I was dirty urine or not going to my probation officer stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So like eighth grade, it was school was over with. I never entered the high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. then when you went back to. Um prison when you went to prison is when you got your GED yeah that's when I basically learned how to read got my GED um and started taking college courses and I started reading the more than anything was just the the when I started reading like that's what changed my life read yeah no that's good 
So I think I got it. I think it's, uh, okay. unless you got something else you want to add to this, but I think I have a pretty good beginning in how we can just kind of start off with telling your story as a, a link to the rest of your, your book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me see. Yeah. So I, think I see that chapter recorded, two, right? let's see. Huh? This is recorded, right? Yep. Could you send me yeah. the recording so I can kind of listen to it and think if I can come up with some other stuff? I'll see if I know how to do it. <laughs> I've never sent it before, but um, yeah. it doesn't show up on your end. I, I just see that it's being recorded, but I don't know if I can snatch the recording or not. Well, I'll see once Let the call is see. over. Yeah, let me see. Don't worry yourself too much about it at all. If it's not something you okay. can really like, see real quick, I don't want you to spend too much time mm-hmm. worrying. It's not that serious. Okay. I'm just I'm thinking I... that I could probably, you know, other thing. If I listen to it again, it'll probably bring up some other stuff that that I can remember. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know how I can do it. I'm just looking at the buttons. Okay. Yeah. No but, biggie. Um, as long as you but, have. Um, you know, yeah, I have it, and it's they have it good for 30 days, and then it disappears, so okay. you have to get, you know, whatever information you want for 30 days, but after that, um, so yeah, I think, so I'm going to work with this chapter, and um, then I'll get it to you, I'll shoot you a message to let you know when I email it to you. Okay. And we'll go from there, so I All saw right. where you got on PayPal, so... We'll just keep going. And if you ever lose that link, but just know that um, I can resend you the link if you need it for the interview sessions, Mm -hmm. but it's going to just give me up to 10 days to get that first chapter. Okay. Yeah. And it could be sooner, you know, but 10 days is the thing I say. So, but yeah. So yeah, just keep, just, yeah, we'll just keep communicating and, um, We'll keep working on it. I'm, this feels pretty good. I feel like I gave you a lot. You know, I was yeah. able to get some stuff that I wasn't even thinking about. But uh, yes, yeah, so I hope. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing what you, how you put it together. Well, <laughs> let me ask you one more question, just to help me out. What's your thoughts on legacy? Oh man. Um, I mean, get, I, I if you can, I know you can probably talk for days on this, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I think about the most. I, I always say I have like a saying, like leg, legacy. This is like my own little quote. I said legacy. Um, I, I feel like my legacy is based on the people my children become. So mm. my legacy is the people that my children, the people that my child, like the person, the character the work ethic, the, you know, the spirituality that they have is my legacy. Like, I don't look at it as money and wealth. And a lot of people talk about mm-hmm. all this, you know, money comes and goes. But what type of person are you? What type of relationships have you built? Built, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. These type of things are important to me when it comes to legacy. And I think a lot about my children. Um, I'm a father first. Um, <clears throat> that's like my most. That's that's me. If you yeah. know anybody. Oh, he's 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 a he's a father, you know. That's mm-hmm. my first instinct. I love my children, um, mm-hmm. and that's my thing. So, who my children okay. become? My legacy is who I feel like my legacy. My legacy is 
based on who my children become, the, the type of people that they become. So if they become mm-hmm. dirtbags and losers, that's my legacy. <laughs> so what do you what what do you feel as far as your life, the direction of your life? You're working towards. How do you work towards legacy and, and influencing that? Just through through how I operate, how I um, what I give them, what I show them, what I expose them to, the type of people that I expose them to, the type of actions that I you know I do personally, the types of things. Just my lifestyle, how I live, and what I expose them to, <clears throat> and what I and the expect, and I feel like the most important thing with them is expectations. I feel like I had my family. I feel like my parents had very low expectations for me, mm-hmm. so I didn't do well. So I felt like I always feel like if I have very high expectations for them, they'll do well. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yep, that works. Yep, that's what I needed. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it was good talking to you, and right. I will get to work. All right. Thanks a lot. Uh, look forward no to No problem. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.